Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Mendoza Line podcast. My name is Cam, and I am joined by the finest man in all the land, Mr. Nicholas Coates. How's it going, sir? Cameron, I am doing great. I was just thinking about we, this is our 19th episode. We are exiting out of our teen years and entering full-fledged adulthood and podcast years. That's a that's a very frightening prospect. I remember when we were both nineteen, and how uh, ill prepared we were to, for real adulthood. <laughs> yeah, we were not. We didn't have many responsibilities. I, things that stressed me out back then, I are kind of funny to think about now. Those were good years, but I think we're living our best years now, if our wives are listening. (laughs) I truly believe that. Yes, we've made many good choices since we were 19. There are things that, yeah, in my early 20s, I don't want to experience again. But yeah, it's good to be back. We're entering the final stretch here, falls in the air, which brings some extra energy and excitement. Playoffs are just around the corner. Yes, they are, and I cannot wait. You know why? I'm going to guess that it's because your favorite baseball team has a chance to be a part of it. Indeed, you are correct, sir, as always. Yes, the Tigers, as of today, September the 4th, 2016, are tied for the final wildcard spot with the uh, Baltimore Orioles. So if the season were to end today which, of course, is not. But because this is a podcast and we can pontificate such silly things, we're going to. If the season were to end today, the Orioles and the Tigers would uh, combat one another in what I think is one of the silliest things in all of sports, the one-game playoff. Both teams played 160, or at this point, 134 games, I believe, is what they've played. To the exact same record. So they're going to throw the entire season away and play one game of baseball to determine who gets to go on to, pl- to the playoffs. This is this is like worse than it the penalty shootout in soccer. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair, but all things must come to an end at why some not, point. Why not just take the head-to-head record between the two teams? Oh, that wouldn't be any fun. Well, but know. it would make sense. It would give the season actual meaning. It would, but there's no chance to make extra money off of an extra game. And well, for... and, and thus is the problem. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, are playoffs the correct way to establish a true champion? I think that's been proven over time to not necessarily be the case. You know, especially in baseball, you have 162 games. Shouldn't the champion just be whoever has the best record at the end of that time? Yes. Probably. But that's no fun. I wouldn't want that. I I don't know. I probably disagree with you, but that's good. We need to disagree sometimes. Playoffs are an intrinsically American thing. Oh boy. Yeah, here we go. American. <laughs> I'm about to get on my soccer um soapbox here. But like so so every every sport in America that I can think of as far as like professional sports are concerned has a regular season and then a playoff season. And your position in the playoffs is dependent upon your regular season. So essentially, 
the all the regular season does is serve to seed you for the playoff tournament. And in sports like college football or the NFL, where you play 12 or 16 games, that really doesn't seem like a bad idea because you're only playing 12 or 16 games. But then you up it to like the NHL and the NBA and you're up to like 80 some odd games. Or in Major League Baseball, 162. In the NFL, I feel like is the only sport that actually incentivizes the seeding. Because yeah, because the first round buy if you win, you get the, the buy conference, correct? Which and you know in the other sports you you may play weaker teams, but they could be in hockey especially. I don't even think this hockey's probably the least meaningful regular season of all of them because a lot of times there's not much separation between the seeds. But well, and oftentimes if you know one versus eight, two versus seven, the eight and the seven seed aren't necessarily. Uh, that much different or 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 they're the teams that are the hottest because they were mediocre all season they got on a hot streak and they and they like flew into the bottom end of the playoffs Um, so but my point in all of this is that like in european soccer which you know i hold the highest regard for despite all of the um, corruption um we're just going to ignore that for now because that doesn't have to do with the uh the the seeding system. Your the the person who wins the regular season wins the league. That is like the biggest deal to win the league. There are no playoffs over there. Now there are separate tournaments throughout the year that you play in. So like you play the regular season, you play every team twice. One team at home, or sorry, one game at home, one game on the road. So you play all 19 other teams twice so there's 38 games and the winner at the end of those 38 games wins the league and that's the highest um achievement you can have in the league then there's what they call the league cup which is a ongoing tournament throughout the season sprinkled amongst those 38 games that is like considered the second highest achievement and then if you're good enough to finish in the top uh, four or two teams in your league, the following season you play in the Champions League, which is all the best teams across Europe. So there's no there's no playoffs there. The regular season serves itself. You play the regular season to win the regular season, and that is the prize. Whereas over here, you play the regular season to win the playoffs. Right. And, and baseball has the pennant, like this idea of, oh, we're going to win the pennant, which is nice, and you get a cool little triangle for your wall. And that's more. That was more when there are only um, two divisions, like two divisions, yeah. and that was just the winners of those divisions played a, a playoff series. So, I mean, the the playoff system has gotten a lot more complicated. Yeah, and to your point earlier, it really is. It seems all about money now. Yeah, and that money, TV, TV ratings, which that's where the money come from. That drives it, and. To be fair, I mean, we watch sports for the intrigue, and one thing that kills me about basketball especially, and why I just cannot watch it, NBA, is the the best of seven playoff series just, well, most of the time, you, you pretty much know who's going to win, and there's just, there seems like there's no meaning to each game because, you know, you take the NBA Finals this year, the Warriors go up 3-1, 
and it's like that didn't matter the the cat like the last three games it's it's like you don't really watch until games five six seven whereas you know college basketball you have that one game tournament that's why i mean everyone loves that like everyone watches that because you know one mistake one like the underdog has a chance in that one game uh situation as opposed to the best of so terrible way uh, again to determine an actual champion which is why the ncaa tournament yeah it's not a very good method it's just whoever wins whoever gets hot at the right time or if you're just completely stacked you know you may have a little bit better odds but it's it is a little unfair the one argument i would have for this situation is that you know technically only you know five teams are in the playoffs in that situation this is this is like for the chance to get in the playoffs. So it's like on one hand, you can look at it as like even a chance to get in, you know, you're both are set up in a, the unequal situation. You know, the Tigers would be actually be an advantage in that situation because they have, you know, a, a Verlander to throw. Whereas the Orioles, you know, like we've talked about this, they don't really have an ace. So you would, you would take that as a, a Tigers fan. Um, this happened two or three years ago, uh, where there was there was multiple playing games, and I think it was the Indians were a part of that, and they I think they won both of those games to get in. But it's the intrigue factor. It's not a very good way um, to find a true champion, but that's just how it is. So well, maybe I for may- one I for one hope it happens because it'd be a lot of fun to watch. It'd probably be nerve wracking for you. Well, I have a solution. Major League Baseball just needs to bring the BCS back and everything will be fine. No one will, no one will complain. Oh, let's never bring that back again. <laughs> College football, that's just a side thing. But, yeah, the way they used to determine that just completely just seemed like such a terrible idea from the beginning. I mean, we're making progress with the the four-game playoff, but you know, I was just looking at some of the schedules, and I don't want to stay on this for too long, but like, I don't know, understand why. Because basically, now we've incentivized it to, you know, you you have your set conference um, schedules, but what what's keeping people from just scheduling the least amount of competition as possible to try to win out, you know? There should be some incentive to, to scheduling good teams. Strength of schedule, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I did not expect to go down this road, but um, I don't know if there's a correct answer. Because you have to keep in mind, too, with baseball, you like even if a best of three series between those, like that, everyone else just has to wait then. And that's a disadvantage because you want to keep playing because you're, you're, you want to keep your pitchers on schedule as much as possible it's such a timing thing. Like if, if people sit for four or five days, you don't see live pitching. It could be, that's a huge advantage for the teams that get to get to playing. So, Oh, I'm not, I'm not advocating that the play in should be a three game series. I'm saying, I think it's silly that there is a play in game. Like Mm -hmm. use 95 tiebreakers. If you have to, I don't care. Like it just seems ridiculous to play 162 games just to play one more to determine no especially if it's you know in in your league you've played them multiple times 
if there's not a winner, who won the most games uh, on the road? Because that's, quote, in quotes, harder to do. Like, whatever it has to be, get a hierarchy of uh, tiebreakers and just work your way down the line, and the winner of the tiebreaker goes to the playoff, and the loser goes home, and then everyone can cry and be like, I didn't think that each game was important. Wow. Yes, every game is important. That's why you need to win them. But what if, so like the Tigers, not a division foe of the Orioles, they they play each other six times, and it's all in like late April, early May, when, say, Cabrera is out, and the the Orioles take five of six and then, then uh, the Orioles go to the playoffs. The Tigers hit a big hot streak. They get everyone back at the end of the year. Doesn't matter. Injuries are part of the game, especially when you play 162 games. Injuries are not a tiebreaker. Oh, sorry. Our best player was hurt. Can we re- No, you, every team has injuries. Every team has a pitcher go down or a pitcher slump or their hitter slump or a guy like Cabrera just gets hurt. Like, it happens, and it's not fun. But there's nothing unfair about saying, look, we played each other six times, we beat you five out of six, and we get to go to the playoffs. I have zero problem with that, even if that means my team doesn't go to the playoffs. Because guess what? My team had, uh, what, 76 wins and, like, 64 losses. That's 64 games that we could have won and not lost. It's not like we didn't go to the playoffs because Cabrera was hurt for a week. Like, we had seven months to win games. So that's all I'm that's, saying. I, I see where you're coming from. And yeah, I, I still, I, I think, prefer the one game playoff for the possibilities that it brings as opposed to. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like for, for sure, drama and uh, entertainment value. Yeah, the one game playoff is awesome because everyone is playing every pitch like it matters, which is what you want out of professional sports is that sense of drama and commitment and intensity and that guy going you know running the bunt out even though he knows he's probably gonna throw if that's a if that's a game in june he's not even taking four steps out of the box but because it's that playoff game he's taking the chance that the throw is going to miss the first baseman like it, it makes for great captivating baseball and television i just i think it's the premise is silly that's all and we're it's okay to disagree on this we can still be friends <laughs> I'd like to think that our friendship is deeper than than a one game playoff. Well, that at the end of the day, it's a moot point because unfortunately, no one listens to um, no one who makes those decisions is gonna weigh our arguments. But yeah, I want. I wish there's a lot of things in life that were more or fair or um, decided over a larger outcome than just a one game, but. As I remind, try to remind myself of sports, especially baseball, a lot of times, a sport that is designed to break your heart um, because your team, you know, fails more often than not, and then only one team can win. I think just the possibility of like a one game um, situation, you know, as someone who roots for a bad team right now, that I can, you know, in a team with the, in a division with the Cubs who, I don't foresee the Reds overtaking them for the division anytime soon. I want as many possibilities as I can to to make it. But yeah, it should be tringing. I hope they. Well, I hope the pirate or the the Tigers just get the wild card on their own, so they don't have to play one playing game. But 
you know, if that's what it takes to get them in. And I think a Tigers-Oils playing game would be a lot of fun to watch. And then the winner would probably get to play another AL East team, which would be fun. Woohoo! <laughs> Just make make the trek all the way through. But yeah, four weeks. I think four weeks left from today. So four weeks. Uh, the season ends on a Sunday. We will um, kind of know. It's hard to believe. I remember starting this podcast all the way back in February. Hard to believe we are where we are now. And I picked Chris Archer to win the Cy Young. <laughs> oh, you gotta let that one go, man. Gotta let it go. <laughs> hey, I gotta own up to my mistakes. Although uh, he's he's not been like awful by any stretch. He's still striking a ton of guys out. But he's not winning the Cy Young this year. I just full disclosure, almost rewrote the Let It Go song from Frozen to include Chris Archer. But I chose not to sing it because that would be embarrassing. I would have been a first on our podcast. Yeah, we're going to have to save that for when we have zero material. <laughs> Will that ever happen? I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm hoping we're going to save it for when we have no material because we can always come up with something better than me singing. Hey, in Archer's last seven games, he has an, a three ERA under one whip, 56 strikeouts in 45 innings. So he's responding well. Still a 406 ERA on the year, 8-17 and 17 record, which isn't a good indicator of success, but he plays on a, or he pitches on a bad team. He still has 100, 175 innings pitched, 211 strikeouts. He's a good pitcher. But and Clayton Kershaw, I don't think he's going to win the NL Cy Young. For as much time as he's missed. So we may have both missed on those. We'll, uh, maybe soon we can, looking at the stats now, try to predict a little bit more accurately who's going to win. Bartolo Colon. <laughs> he, wins, Reds, he wins all the awards. Funny, uh, funny uh, note about that. So he pitches against the Reds tomorrow uh, against one of our pitching prospects Robert Stevenson who is 22 and Bartolo Colon is 43 I'll look this up real quick so there is a quite a bit of an age he's 43 so they're 21 years apart I think I heard today when Bartolo um, debuted in, in the major leagues um, this pitcher Robert Stevenson was like a year old that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be. He's still a good pitcher. That's what's hilarious <laughs> about this. Well, I don't know if that's hilarious or more impressive. He has a three three five ERA, and he hit a home run this year. He hit a home run this and year, and he got a walk. He's been outside of Syndergaard and Degrom, their most probably consistent. <laughs> taking the ball every fifth day you know he's logged 160 innings as a 43 year old that's a ton of value really valuable innings because Matt's has been hurt Zach Wheeler never came back from his injury Matt Harvey's no good Matt Harvey's dead ouch 
<laughs> but really, he, uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same. So I know we make he's fun too of busy, the guy, but... too busy fighting crime. I mean, how long is he going to pitch here? He could... Jamie Moyer was like... He pitched into his... He was like 46 or 47. That's crazy. But, uh, MLB.com has him listed. He's 5'11", 285 pounds. Bartolo Colon is only 5'11". Yeah, he's not very tall. I... Would not have guessed that. I would have thought he was like 6'3 or 6'4. 285. It's a big boy. That's a very big boy. So, still getting it done in the majors, though. Mad props. I owned him on a, when I started playing fantasy in middle school, I owned him on a team. I just didn't <laughs> remember it. It's insane. Uh, back when he was a Cleveland Indian? Yeah. Yep, he was. He's had a great career, but there may have been a PED indictment in there. I'm not sure, so which would claw that a little bit. But his arm and shoulder just have to be. I don't know. That can't be good. That many pitches over his career. Yeah, it's it's a totally natural movement. It'd be fine. You should link to his home run in the show notes just because it's so spectacular. Well, the most spectacular thing about it is that his teammates emptied the dugout. They went all hid in the clubhouse, so he came back from trotting around the bases to an empty dugout, which I thought was genius. (laughs) (laughs) That pitcher, man, that's a—he's never gonna live that one down. I might, if I ever have a kid, I might name him Bartolo Brennan. Yeah, Meredith, I'll never let that happen. Hey, I mean, I can dream, can I? You can. I'll just, whatever we wind up calling the kid, I'll just call it Bartolo as a nickname. <laughs> Bartolo. It'll be even funnier if he's chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, anyways. Why don't we uh, talk about the expanded rosters before we continue down more tangents? As fun as they are, as fun as they are. Yeah, so one quirky little thing about baseball, which I think is kind of cool, but a lot of people, a lot of uh, people in baseball think it's really dumb because it really changes the game. So every every team has a 40-man roster and a 25-man roster, so the, the... the 40-man roster is comprised of, obviously, uh, minor leaguers are part of that as well. But they can be um, optioned back and forth from the, the major league team to the minor league team. And they're protected from the Rule 5 draft that happens every year. Um, so when a player is um, in a system for so long and they're not uh, protected by the 40-man roster, they can be selected by by another team. So it just encourages, yeah, instead of keeping someone um, tied to an organization, not giving them a chance. You know, if you're part of the 40-man roster, you get extra benefits, you get paid a little bit more, and then you uh, you have a better chance of making the roster outright. So in September, what happens is the rosters, it can expand, and you can, if you want to, you can call up and uh, have all 40 of those guys in your clubhouse on the roster and to be able to play for them. So 
that gives a ton of advantages. You have a you know you have a a huge bullpen now. You can you can go to a six man rotation pretty easily. You can have backups at most positions. Um, a lot you know most teams don't do that. They'll call up a guy or two because you know they don't want a bunch of guys to come in and upset the chemistry of the clubhouse. You know if you think about it, it could become a really clouded club clubhouse if you have you know, 15 extra guys in there. So it's not like every team calls up 10 to 15 guys, but most teams will call up two or three. Um, so the Reds called up four pitchers and another, um, like, utility guy today. So just adds to some flexibility to the roster, some, some young guys that want to get some major league experience. But it's very interesting because I think it's the only sport that I know of that completely changes its roster set up within the actual season to where you know five six of the year you're playing with a 25-man roster and then the rest you're playing with a you know a different size roster and there's a lot of complaints because <clears throat> you know the the teams that are fighting for playoff spots it changes it changes the game in a lot of ways like you can make more pitching switches if you want uh, to get better matchups um, so it kind of could be disadvantageous um, to teams that are already set up to be more roster flexible or, um, you know, where teams don't necessarily have to or have the, the flexibility to make those moves. So I can see where it'd be, yeah, there would there be some pushback on that. But on the other hand, I think it's good for teams um, – to be able to call up some of their young guys and get them some exposure and a little bit less, you know, if you're not in a pennant race, you can get them in some major league exposure to where you don't have to come up, you know, in the middle of a pennant race and expect them to perform. So it's a really interesting um, thing or twist uh, this month to add some intrigue to teams that are even out of it or aren't playing for anything. You can kind of see some younger guys play. Um, and then for the other teams as well. But the one thing is if you do make the playoffs, so you can you like you can call up your guys, but the uh, we just got through with the the waiver trade line deadline. So any team that acquired someone in August, it had to be before August thirty first. They had to be on their roster or they're not playoff eligible. So that's why you don't really see any trades in September. But Kind of cool, uh, interesting roster quirk that uh, that happens this month that I don't necessarily know if many casual baseball fans even know that happens or understand. But did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it made sense. And I knew about it like as a thing. Like, oh, this happens. They're going to bring up their super, super fast guy from AA to be a base running specialist or... You know, right. the center fielder who can't hit for his life, but the dude is stupid fast and is going to be a good, you know, defensive substitute, that sort of stuff. Um, and so, like, I've always kind of known that, but when you brought up the whole, like, it changes the kind of the way the game is played with, with extra pitching options for, you know, I, I never really thought about that, and that seems kind of dumb to me. <laughs> yeah, so, like, like you're playing. Like, we had Billy Hamilton a couple years ago, and he wasn't, like, old enough. He didn't really get any at-bats, but he pinch ran a lot. You know, and that can change the outcome of a game when you can put a guy, you know, if it's a tied game at the end of the, 
you know, in the ninth, you could you get a base runner on, put him in. Like you're not worried about running out of uh, players. You can just put him in. If it doesn't work, then you just you know put one of your many other options. But yeah, it doesn't make sense to me to play. Gosh, what uh, five months of the year on a certain set of rules, and then just go, okay, different rules now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand. Like teams, teams that are on the cusp, you know, of making the playoffs. I just, I don't know how to quite verbalize it. Like I'm it just, just bringing all these moral dilemmas to you today. It. And I hate to use the phrase it doesn't seem fair because life isn't fair and saying that something's not fair is a terrible excuse for why you don't like it. But it does not seem logical to me to play a majority of the season that is going to be a majority of the reason why you are in the position you're in. And then at some arbitrary date, like the end of August, there's still 30 games left to be played. Like why, why then are we saying, okay, we're just going to give you guys 15 extra roster spots. It just the the arbitrariness and the uh seeming inconsistency just don't make logical sense to me. Why not play the whole season with a 40 man roster that's eligible to be up? Well, and there've been some ideas pop up like similar to hockey where you have I think they have 23 man rosters, but every game you have three healthy scratches. Something like that, where you have a bigger roster, but only, you know, the same amount. You scratch certain people, so you still have that roster flexibility day to day, but in the game, you're still playing with the same amount of people, which I think is a, a decent idea. I think you need to find a balance of both, because I think it's helpful in the, the player development aspect of it, um, and just as playing as many games as you do. I think it's because both, I mean, both teams can do that. So it's not like a inherent disadvantage because both teams can do it. But it is, it is interesting. Maybe it's just me and my personality. Like I, I like, um, you know, different quirks and different things changing up a little bit as long as it's, you know, fair to everyone. I don't necessarily lose a lot of sleep over you know, potentially changing the outcome of one game. But I, because I, I see the advantages for the teams that are, because you want some intrigue because it's such a long season. Teams need to, some intrigue that last month to be able to, you know, finish the season strong and to be able to have interest in your team. Because if you're out of it, you know. So, so what, you're, gonna, what you're saying is they should play less games, is what you're saying. No, I think <laughs> play more games. I'm already sad that there's only four weeks left. But I think they should find maybe a better balance of bigger rosters, but less like, yeah, like more defined who's available, who's not available before the game starts might be more beneficial. And then you can switch it up day to day. Yeah, like why not just have a set 30-man roster that's available to you every single game of the season? There's mm-hmm. no reason to expand the rosters. Ju- I just, I don't, and maybe someone out there has a has a compelling reason why this is a good idea. I don't know. I, I don't, can't think of one. It just, 
it strikes me as very odd that they would just change the dynamic of the game at an arbitrary date for an arbitrary reason. Mm-hmm. That's all. If someone can provide a compelling argument for why this is a good idea, I'd love to hear it. Well, and you have to remember, this probably goes back really far, and there are reasons for that. And Maybe I can do some research before the next show to know the reasons why. I mean, this isn't a new thing. This is a way, this is the way it's been for a while. So that's not a good reason to do something. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it's going to probably come up in the new the CBA expires after this year. So I think with because baseball has changed so much with how there's so much value now on service time and control of players because of free agency like in the past it didn't really matter because players pretty much were stuck to their teams or um, there's just so much about more value in that so so teams use that to their advantage so i think the game has just altered economically from what it was so i'm sure that you know with the new cba coming up i'm sure i'm sure that will be a point of discussion and there'll be some more regulations to that i'd be surprised if not so I guess we'll find, I think that all probably happened in December or January, so we'll find out then. The the famous winter meetings? Yeah. I think it'll hopefully, you know, I think baseball's doing really well right now, so I don't think there's any, there's always, I guess, the threat of a work stoppage, but I think both sides are, baseball's doing well and the players are making, as opposed to, you know, NFL, you know, players are making guaranteed contracts and the the prices are rising pretty rapidly. So they're, they're not getting the short end of the stick. So I think it'll negotiate to go pretty smooth, which is funny because baseball labor um, in the, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s was one of the worst. Like they always, like they had so many lockouts and work stoppages, but now it's one of the more healthy relationships as opposed to, you know, you look at the NFL, like when that one expires in four or five years, that's going to be, that's going to be a long one because there are a ton of issues there. But yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Indeed. Is there anything else that we should discuss in this 19th episode? Well, we can... Um, I know we were chatting earlier about just the standings and a few observations we had. I guess we can close with as we kind of hit our our stretch run here and break down the um, the playoff races. Yeah, so essentially there's one, maybe two divisions up for grabs, and the other four are locked down. Um, the one that's definitely still up for grabs is the American League East. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's bl- been pretty consistent. Yeah, the year. whole year. Uh, the Blue Jays have taken the lead now. The Orioles held it for, I would say, a yeah. vast majority of the season. Um, but the Blue Jays right now, yeah, the Blue Jays right now have a one-game lead over the Red Sox, and the Red Sox have a two-game lead over the Orioles, um, with whom the Tigers retired for the second wild card spot. Uh, so that division is still very much up in the air. The only other division I think that's potentially 
still up in the air would be the National League West between the Dodgers and the Giants. There's a three-game separation there. Um, yeah, the other two National Leagues are done. Yeah, yeah, the Central and the East, it's no no competition. Uh, I believe the Indians have a five-and-a-half-game lead over the Tigers in the AL Central. Yeah, that one's still... Uh, the not, Tigers I'm can make getting, a run. I'm not getting my hopes up. Five-and-a-half games with 30 games left. That's a lot of ground to make up. It's the Cleveland Indians, Cam. I understand, Cleveland. but I believe that the Tigers are like 1-11 against the Indians this year. So I'm yeah. really not expecting them to, uh, you know, make up a lot of ground. Let's look at the Tigers' schedule here. Let's see. They got the the White Sox, Orioles, Twins. Oh, the oh, they got the Orioles and the Twins. That's good. The, we'll we'll, we'll four against the twins. the twins at home. That's good. That's good. But the games against the Orioles are going to be huge. Then three at Cleveland. That's a big series. Oh, we're going to get swept. Big weekend series. As of now, you've got uh, Norris, Verlander, and Sanchez lined up. Um, so it's good to have you have Verlander there. And after that, you play the Twins again, Royals, and then the Indians for four at home before you before you close up with the Braves for three. The Braves. Yeah, you finish at Atlanta. The That's, last three games. Oh, that feels dirty. So I see, I see ten games against the two worst teams in all of baseball right there. Yeah, that's and nice. And then the White Sox are not good. No. And then you basically have seven games against the Indians. Oh no. Seven against the Indians, <laughs> and then three against the Orioles. Royals and Orioles. Yeah. So it's there. It's. I think that's a great schedule. Um, because you got a good balance of playing terrible teams and then the team that you're chasing as well. Yeah. Don't why are you getting my hopes up like this? Whereas the Indians, they got four against the Astros, who are pretty good. And in playoff contention. Mm-hmm. And they play three at Minnesota, four at uh Chicago, White Sox, and then uh, three against Detroit, three against the Royals, three more against the White Sox. And then the four at Detroit before they close up with three at the Royals. So they play play slightly better teams than we do. Yeah, they play the Royals six times, the Tigers seven, of course. And then, yeah, I guess we'll see what how much fight the the White Sox have left. And then, yeah, it's a big this Monday through Thursday series with the Astros. It's a big series for them. And who are the who are the Tigers playing Monday through Thursday? Um, this week. Yeah. Well, while the while the Indians are playing the Astros, the White Sox. They oh, have. Yeah, we can make up some ground potentially if we don't they, choke. They got a day off Thursday. But. Yeah, then you guys have. Yeah, uh, getting that Oriole series. You got Fulmer on Friday night. Um, and then Zimmerman and Norris. Norris pitched a really good game today. If he emerges, that could be good. And Sanchez has been doing better. But I I like the – we'll see. But I like the Tigers' odds here. You got to go and get my hopes up, Nick. (laughs) They're going to be at least in – I mean, that's for the division, but the wild card too, it's right there. Yeah. Because the Orioles, I mean, a lot of these games in September, they just – they're more – 
divisional centered, and then the Orioles got to play a lot better teams. But I mean, baseball is weird sometimes. You still got to win those games. But they play. They play the Rays, but then they play. They play seven against Boston. They got to play three at Toronto. Um, three at the Yankees. Yeah, that's tough. They do have seven against the Rays, though. So that's not. They're pretty bad. Lots of intrigue. I mean, like you said, there's not a lot of things have been wrapped up, but the intrigue is in the American League East and then that those last couple wild card spots in the American League between the you know, Orioles, Tigers, Astros are right there as well. Two back. And then what we talked about the National League, the wild card is basically between the Giants if they can't catch the Dodgers, Cardinals, who are they're they're bleeding out right now. They're we we just beat we just beat them two out of three. They did not look very good in the Mets. So yeah, the we talked about a couple weeks ago the Pirates and Marlins being in there. Not they so have, much. Yeah, the in their last ten, well, the Pirates have lost six in a row, and then the Marlins are two and eight in their last ten. <laughs> so they're like they're feeling the effects of Giancarlo pretty oh, bad poor guys well they're not yeah. poor they're probably all really rich but I feel bad for them <laughs> yeah I wouldn't feel too bad for them but um, yeah they're in Miami I don't know Welcome. they'll enjoy their winters I guess if they stay there Yeah, know. there's a lot of good intrigue. I'm excited to follow this this last four weeks. Do you feel like you're, because of this podcast, still into the, the baseball season as opposed to years past? Oh, yeah. like The fact that I'm even keeping up with my fantasy team at this point in the year is proof positive that this podcast has been a baseball positive impact in my life, for sure. Usually at this point I've given up, but I'm still uh, setting my team and making sure that my you know players are in the right spots and if you know they're on the dl moving them and all that stuff um the only problem is i don't have hey, to you're you're in eighth place too you're yeah that's kind of where i was right hoping where, yeah you wanted i wanted to be. to be um and it's like a what a 14 team league yeah so eighth place isn't as bad as it sounds like it's right in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. um but i don't have cable so I will be able to watch the playoffs because that's always on Fox. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, the chance getting to watch the Tigers here doesn't happen unless I'm at a friend's house when they're playing the Royals here in Kansas City. Or, you know, um, so I don't get to see the Tigers very often, but I do try and uh, keep up with the latest goings on so that I can sound somewhat intelligent. But yeah, you... uh you have done a good job at that. So, and you got some really good keepers for next year. That a lot of them already in the majors. So yeah, that's... here in the last like month, a lot of my uh, keepers that have sat on my bench, not getting a single inning of experience, have all kind of come up. So, uh, I should have uh, hopefully a lot of good young, very very cheap major league players next year, which is kind of what i've been growing towards so yeah and that makes it more taking the atlanta braves approach here exciting for you 
and be able, you should be able to build a good team next year. A lot to talk about if we want to live draft that again. That was kind of fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, for us, who knows what... <laughs> Who knows who listened to the... I, I don't think anyone listened to the whole thing. I wouldn't expect anyone to, but... Yeah, no one... What What did we offer? A uh, free car or something? I don't know. If they made it to the end. <laughs> if by free car you mean free Hot Wheels, then yes. There's no way <laughs> buying anyone a car. I have to listen to that one again, but... Yeah, no one... Whatever the prize was, no one claimed it. But... That is next season, and there's still a lot of exciting things left in this season. So I think we're going to leave it at that, and then hopefully we'll be back very soon with some more recap of the baseball news and uh, hopefully some projections on on the playoffs because we're getting really, really close. Yep, sounds good. All right, sir. I bid you adieu. All right, have a good week. We'll talk soon. Au revoir. Adios.